In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. As many of you will know, this past week some of our youth went on a pilgrimage to Nova Scotia and it was an incredible trip. Now a pilgrimage, uh, for those that, of you that may not know, is, is not so much mission-based but more for our own spiritual edification. It was an experience where we could uh, draw closer to God, draw closer to one another, God, uh, draw closer to the world that God created around us. And in this time, we hiked up mountains. We traveled in time with immigrants. We cruised along the sea with whales. We danced with highlanders. We came to found that Nova Scotia is a beautiful place full of beautiful cultures, many different cultures. There's the, the First Nations, there's the French Acadians, the Scottish Highlanders. One of the most meaningful moments of the trip, at least for me, was spending time with a Mi'kmaq community, one of the indigenous communities native to Nova Scotia. As we braided sweet grass together, we heard the story of Rosie, whose mother, as a child, was taken from her home by the residential school program. You may have heard more recently about these Indian residential school programs uh, as recently we've uncovered some mass graves. And, and these programs were designed really to force the, uh, the native language and culture out of indigenous communities in order to assimilate them to the dominant Western culture. Like Rosie's mother, many children were coerced into these programs with threats and false promises, breaking them up, separating them from their parents and families. They were often abused and harassed and put down for their indigenous identity. And those who survived carried with them trauma for the rest of their lives, as we heard from Rosie, even passing it down to their children. So that even though this happened years ago, you can still sort of feel the effects of it in the community today. And what's even more horrifying about these stories is that many of these programs were directly run and supported by churches. They were used as a method of conversion to force people into Christianity. The Episcopal Church and others, Anglicans, Methodists, Catholics, were involved in these schools. In the community center we visited there, there's a plaque offered to the Mi'kmaq uh, hanging on the wall by the United Church of Canada, which reads... On behalf of the United Church of Canada, I apologize for the pain and suffering that our church's involvement in the Indian residential school system has caused. You did nothing wrong. You were and are the victims of evil acts that cannot under any circumstances be justified or excused. 
that was hanging there in their community center. And Rosie pointed it out and shared it with us. One small step towards the work of justice and healing that continues in these communities. Unfortunately, we know that actions like these are not uncommon in history. The church, historically, has committed violence against many people throughout the centuries. Not only the indigenous, but Africans and Jews, LGBT LGBT folks, and, and many, many, many others. And when we read passages of Scripture such as the one that we hear this morning, it's a little easier to understand why these things happen. We have a hard passage of Scripture this morning. I don't know if you noticed that. There's some really challenging things said in the Gospel of Matthew. So what do we do with a passage like this? I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus says, I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. What do we do with a passage like this which seemingly endorses the horrific deeds done against Rosie's mother? Well, as with all scripture, context is really everything. We have to remember the context in which Jesus spoke these words and the context in which the audience of Matthew would have heard them. And that context was the experience of a community at the edge of a sword. Jesus here is speaking not to a community with power to exercise violence and coercion over others. He is, he is speaking to a community that is experiencing violence and coercion by others. A community persecuted for their identity and their faith as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus is speaking to a community that was struggling to survive. This passage then is not written to a dominant culture forcing a faith on another people. Instead, this passage is is about a community that's facing persecution. This passage is not about using violence, but experiencing violence. It's not about oppressing others, but being oppressed with others by others. When Jesus says he comes with a sword, he does not come holding the hilt, but he comes with the point against his back. It is not Jesus that separates families from one another, but Jesus' oppressors. This passage is written for a community at the edge of a sword. And Jesus wants to speak to them. Jesus wants to offer a word to them in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of their experience. This is a difficult passage with a lot of aspects that we can't all cover today. But if you look through all of these difficult parts, right in the middle there's this heart, there's this 
permeating message. There's this real thing that Jesus wants to say to that community, and that is this. Do not be afraid. You are of more worth. You are of more worth than many sparrows. If only that had been the message to Rosie's mother and the other Mi'kmaq children taken from their families. You are worth more than many sparrows. If only that had been the message to generations of enslaved Africans across the United States. You are worth more than many sparrows. If only that had been the message we conveyed to our LGBT youth, our children. You are of more worth than many sparrows. Too often, the ones with power in society appropriate Jesus' words for their own agenda. But the truth is that Jesus is always on the side of the oppressed. Jesus is always the one living on the margins with those who have been cast from society so that he can bring them this message. Do not be afraid. You are beloved. You are worth more than many sparrows. And as followers of Jesus... That is the life to which we are called. We are called to share that message. We are called to identify those in our society at the edge of the sword so that we can share with them that message. That despite the injustices in the world around them, they have worth, they are important, they are loved, and that can be hard work. When we side ourselves with those on the edge of a sword, we may feel that point, that edge of the sword ourselves. That's why Jesus says, take up your cross. That's why we sing it in our hymn today. Take up your cross, Jesus said. For Rosie, our new friend in Nova Scotia, she identified that community as those differently abled among her people those with mental and, and other disabilities. And she has worked through the years to provide them a home and resources so they can thrive and know their worth even when the rest of the world seemingly forgets about them. And it was truly a privilege for us to glimpse the beauty of what she and others are doing there in Nova Scotia. But here in Tequesta, who are they for us? Who are those in our community living at the edge of a sword? Are they the homeless in Riviera Beach? Or the immigrants looking for work? Or low-income families experiencing food insecurity? Who are those at the edge of a sword right here in our own community? And how is Good Shepherd embodying Jesus' message, you are beloved, you are worth more than many sparrows, how are we embodying that message to them? Where are we already doing that work? And we are doing that work. 
Where are we missing important opportunities? And we are missing opportunities. How will Good Shepherd continue to live into its call in the future to be a beacon of faith, hope, and love to those hurting in the world around us? These are the questions that should always be at the forefront of our community. Jesus comes not to bring peace, but a sword. Because Jesus is always with those at the edge of the sword. And so should we. Amen.